guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Penny Pinching Pony. Today, we are going to go over things to consider when you are picking a boarding facility. So obviously, this isn't super important if you are a uh, experienced owner and you've got your own property or maybe this is your fourth or fifth horse and you've decided that you're going to go into um, self-care or keep them at home or you have a barn of your own already. But if you are picking your first boarding facility or maybe this one isn't quite working out for you and you're going to look at another, here's a good um, few hints and tricks that I personally would suggest when you're picking a facility. So just like before, I'm going to say the first thing you should do is make a list. Um, what are your essentials? What are your bonuses? And what things are immediately going to turn you away from this facility? And what kind of leeway do you have on all of those things? You know, if you're a jumper, you know, is it going to be a deal breaker if you don't have an indoor arena or... Um, a large outdoor with a full set of jumps um, or can you tolerate that maybe you have to provide your own you know kind of little back and forth things but maybe need would definitely say um, these specifically are for what you as the person needs um, there's going to be a separate section for what your horse does um, but you know Consider what you need in a facility for you to take the time to go out and look and be there. Um, and then what are your bonuses? You know, what do you not really need but would be great? You know, do you need to have a hot and cold wash stall? Or do you just need a nice hose that you can pull out to give your horse a bath? You know, things like that to consider um, and write them down. And then what kind of leeway? do you have with them? You know, what kind of compromises can you make? Um, just things to consider. The next I'm going to say, um, consider and write down a list of what your horse needs. Um, and the second part to that is, you know, do you know what your horse needs? You know, if this is your first horse, you probably aren't entirely sure what they need. Um, it is a different situation if you've already, you know, trialed the horse for a while or, you know, maybe it's your friend's horse or an old lesson pony um, that you kind of know how they react to different things. But if this is like, I found this horse on a website and it's two hours away, I went to look at it once, I vet checked it and it's coming home, you know, you don't really know what that horse needs, you know, it's you can talk to the previous owner about it when you know you're going to pick them up but sometimes it's, it's not really accurate information and maybe they don't take care of the horse the way you would like to um, so always consider you know you're gonna have to learn as you have them what they need and what kind of accommodations um, that you can afford to give them and if that will affect your budget um, you know if your horse does better outside all the time, you know, maybe you don't want to spend the money to put them on stall board when you could pay for field board, which is typically 
um, a lot cheaper. Um, save you some money there, but vice versa, you know, if you have a horse that gets hurt a lot or they've got previous injuries that they're going to need a break or, you know, they like being in a stall, they need time to rest, uh, you know, specifically older horses, sometimes they just need the time to come inside away from the flies or when the, in the winter, you know, a few of them want to come inside in their nice snuggly blanket um, with a propane heater. So consider what your horse needs. Um, when you don't know, kind of make an educated guess. Uh, you know, I took the guess on Darla that, you know, they told me that she was living out. But, um, you know, when I got her, it was, she's thoroughbred. Uh, she's warm blood crossed. She's skinny. I don't know her. I have a few concerns with her back leg, um, just from the videos they sent me. And um, at that time, even, there wasn't really a great opening for field board at the facility I picked. Um, and the stall board was pretty reasonable. So I just opted to put her on stall board. And it just so happened to be that that is the best option for her, especially at the facility that I am at currently. You know, take an educated guess um, when you first get your horse or you don't know what your horse needs. And then you will eventually, as time goes on, learn, you know, what they do need and what they don't need um, or their preferences. So that, you know, if you happen to move or you need to reconsider your budget, um, you can consider those as factors as well. When picking a facility, you know, you want to consider what your budget is monthly and if um, you're willing to go up or down a little bit if something happens. Um, consider that sometimes, um, uh, you do get what you pay for. Um, it's not always 100% true, you know, you could have a $500 facility that's incredible, or you could get a $500 facility that just is lackluster, you know, it's not the best. Um, so definitely consider that, uh, you know, are you willing to pay that much and then be disappointed or do you want to go a little cheaper that might not be as pretty and you might have a few concerns, but it's cheaper and they might be a little more lenient about the things you can do. Go out and look at the places before you pick a spot. Um, personally, I'm going to suggest to try to go and visit, you know, when you schedule them, usually they say you'll get a tour and they'll talk to you, but try to be there while other boarders are around. I know quite a few facilities try to make it so that you're alone, you know, you're not in the way, but personally, my suggestion would be try to be there when there's at least another border around. You know, that way you can get a feel for the environment and the kind of people that are there. Um, if you know anything about horses or even high anxiety horses, um, the attitudes of the people that surround them uh, do affect how they act. So if the group of people there are very cranky, very demanding, 
that might affect your horse negatively um, than, you know, a willing and eager, open and relaxed environment. Um, or you might like a specific type of social environment better than another. You know, those are things you have to get a feel for. Ask questions. I know a lot of people, um, you know, when they get their first horse, they're kind of shy. Um, but ask the questions, you know, ask the money-related questions, ask the care-related questions. If you see anything you're concerned with, you know, ask. Not that people don't lie, but it's better to ask and know ahead of time than to find out later and have it be something where you're really disappointed. The next part um, that goes along with trying to go there while other boarders are there is ask the boarders questions. Um, preferably try to not ask them in front of the owner or the manager or, you know, the person that's giving you the tour. Um, that way, you know, sometimes if the owner is standing right in front of them, it's kind of a fear factor. They feel the need to kind of tell you um, the really good stuff instead of some of the like, yeah, here's a few of my concerns, you know, um, and I've been at a few facilities like that where, you know, the owners of the horses, you know, when the facility owner is there, um, they high praise the place, they're happy, they have no concerns, and the second the owner walks away, um, the horse owner is expressing all their concerns. They're not super happy, but they're afraid of the manager. Um, so consider that maybe if they aren't there currently, um, ask, you know, if they have any of the owner's Facebooks or um, phone numbers so that you could kind of ask them some questions personally. Um, sometimes people get a little weird about that, but, you know, just ask uh, ahead of time, you know, tell them you just want to make sure it's a good place where you're going to fit in. Um, and have a good experience with your horse. Be upfront when you're there. Um, you know, let them know when you leave if you have other places that you're going to look at before you decide. Most places are really lenient about that. You know, everyone wants the best for each individual horse, so nobody's really going to um, frown upon that. If they do, um, I personally would suggest, you know, maybe stray away from that, you know, you want to look at all your options, um, and sometimes it's just not the last place that you're going to look at, you know. Even if you love the place, maybe you have a lower budget or a nicer looking barn coming up after your visit, um, and you just want to check out and see, you know, comparatively how it scales up to the current barn. If you are still interested in considering the place you just looked at as an option, also let them know that, you know, you are still interested. If you aren't, maybe just kind of politely say, I'm not sure it's a great place for me, but I'm still going to consider it. Or, you know, just be upfront and say, I think I'm going to go with some other option. Um, try not to be rude. You know, some people really love that place. Um... But, you know, be up front. Don't dangle them. You know, some people will wait and say, you know, I had another person interested in this stall or this um, slot in the field. And you don't want to deny them um, 
the option to get another border in. Contracts. You know, contracts or are for your safety and the farm's safety. Um, most facilities do have contracts. Um, it's not unlikely. It's very, you know, I wouldn't shy away if you were asked to sign and look over a contract. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was five plus pages long. Um, but make sure you read over that contract in depth. You know, if you have any questions, ask them up front. Uh, if you have any concerns, maybe voice them. See if you know, maybe, would you be willing to alter this? Or how true is this contract? Um, you know, you don't want to get into something and then realize later that uh, there's obligations when you want to leave. Obviously, uh, most contracts do state that if you decide to leave, you need to give them 30 days heads up. And if you decide to leave before that 30 days, uh, usually you don't get a refund for the days that you left early for. Um, but a lot of facilities, you know, if you're leaving on good terms, you know, if you give them 30 days, they may consider prorating for you if you decide to leave early. And most places do 100%. If you come in in the middle of the month, or you decide like, hey, I need a few extra days to get things going, they'll usually prorate and then you just pay by the day as needed. Not all places are gonna be like that, um, but definitely, you know, read over that contract, read the specifics, um, voice your opinion on it, ask any questions, you know, but don't shy away if your place has a contract. Most places do. It's going to protect you and it's gonna protect your horse as well as the farm owner. Um, so even if it seems like it's a little picky, you know, remember it is also for your safety and benefit. When you're picking, also kind of consider how far away the facility is from your home. You know, how far are you willing to drive? You know, do you want to drive out an hour every time you go to see your horse? Or are you someone that's going to want to go frequently and you want it to be no more than 15-20 minutes away? Consider, you know, what the roads are like when you go to. You know, if you don't have four-wheel drive, um, are you going to be able to get to this facility in the winter? Um, are there easy accesses to get to this facility or is it like a dead-end road, one road in, you know, that causes some problems? How much gas is it going to take you to get there? And how does that affect your budget? You know, if you have a car that gets 10 miles to the gallon, uh, do you really want to drive up a massive hill that's maybe 30 minutes away constantly? Or do you want to pick up a barn that's maybe 35, 40 minutes away, but it's a flat drive down the highway that's a little easier on gas? Um, Consider these factors, especially if you are on a budget, um, because it does factor into how much, you know, overall expenses you're going to pay over the long run. Also consider, you know, are the roads easy to drive? You know, how well, this is going to seem a little odd, but, you know, how good of a driver are you? Um, how visible are the roads? You know, is it highly 
dense woods that make it kind of hard to see. You know, if you have an emergency at night, is it going to be an easy road to drive home on? Um, or, you know, giving directions-wise, you know, are people going to be able to find you if you have an emergency and you have to call someone? Um, and what kind of reception? You know, people don't really think about this, but, you know, if you happen to have a road closure or there's a storm and a tree falls down, you know, what kind of reception is in the area so that you can, um, one, access, you know, Google Maps or MapQuest so that you can find your way back home. Um, you know, these are all things to consider when you get there. The other thing I'm going to say to consider when you're picking a facility is, you know, what kind of restrictions do they have? Um, this kind of goes along with the contract part um, that you're going to have to check on and see what you can and can't do, um, but you know, restrictions can be as small as little picky things, like please don't leave your lead ropes um, unwrapped, or it could be as specific as, you know, the bar manager is going to pick a specific grain for your food, um, and you don't really get a say in that. Um, so always consider what restrictions the barn has before you pick the spot. You know, um, some facilities will say you have to use a specific vet. You know, are you okay with that? You know, is that vet kind of a higher end, higher priced one? Or are they lower or average? Um, and what kind of care do they give? That might be one that you don't necessarily know until you get there and you have your first um, vet visit. But, um, you know, that's things to consider. Um, some barns do say you have to feed a specific grain. Um, a lot of them will say, you know, they'll accept a different grain if you go out and you pay for it yourself. They usually don't give you any discount if you decide to do that. Um, so do consider that. Sometimes people are okay with that. You know, you go... Some barns might say, you know, I only feed Purina, and you might be okay with that. You know, Purina is not a terrible grain to be on, um, but, you know, you have to consider what's best for your horse. Another thing to consider is do they limit hay, or do they have a specific amount, or are they free choice, and then how that affects your horse. You know, some people will say, you know, we put a large bale of hay out under a run-in shed and the horses can eat as much as they want 24-7 and some people really like that some horses aren't okay with that I know Lily um, wants a fresh pile of hay all the time if you just set a bale in front of her you know eventually she's gonna say I don't think that's good anymore I want something new um, so a large bale in front of her isn't really ideal, um, but it is, you know, I do want her on um, unlimited hay so that, you know, it's a little better for her stomach than grass 24-7, um, depending on what you have, um, but, you know, consider these things. Um, you know, if your horse is really underweight and you want to put on a lot of weight, you know, are you okay if the barn says, you know, we only give each horse two flakes of hay twice a day? 
Um, those are things to consider and, you know, research yourself and consider what is best for your horse. Overall, you know, just what can't you do and how willing are they to negotiate? Um, a lot of times people don't negotiate those restrictions, um, but sometimes if you come to an agreement ahead of time, they can make things work. Or you may find that maybe they didn't fix that part of their contract yet. This isn't a issue anymore. Or it's pretty serious and it affects how you want to act there and it forbids a current. But consider all restrictions before you pick a spot. Um, that can be make or break. You know, it can be really picky or it could be small things, but there's a lot of them. And you just have to consider what's best for your horse. That's all I have currently. Um, definitely, you know, this one's a hard episode to uh, talk about just because there are so, so, so many factors. And um, it is going to depend on the owner personally and the horse as an individual um, on which one's going to be best for them. You know, some horses are really good in just a plain old field with a run-in. And some, you know, they need specific fencing. They've got to be in a stall. They've got fans and huge arenas. You know, it's really going to depend on each individual person and each individual horse. Um, but, you know, those are my very basic guidelines I'm going to say to consider. Um, the very last part that I'm going to say um this bit, I definitely am not going to suggest for a new owner. You know, if this is your very first horse, you're kind of new into them, do not consider self-care. But, you know, maybe this is your third or fourth horse, or you've been in horses for quite a few years. You've already established which vet you're going to use, and you know, you know, you just, you know how to take care of them. You know how you want to take care of them, um... If you're on a budget and you are fairly picky about what you want done with your horse, maybe consider self-care. Um, a lot of the times it ends up being a lot cheaper than paying a boarding facility to do full care or partial care. Um, but it does depend on, you know, the extras. Um, usually self-care, you just pay for the slot at the barn um, or the stall. Um, and then usually you have to provide all your grain, your hay, your bedding, um, etc. So it really kind of depends on how much extra you have to spend on those things. Um, however, it can significantly decrease your cost per month. Um, you know, but when you do start to consider self-care, you know, consider what your schedule looks like. Um, and if you're even able to do it, you know, you want to feed your horses fairly consistently around the right time. You know, they can be flexible. Uh, you obviously, there's some research that you don't want to feed your horse at precisely 4 o'clock every day. Um, if they get used to having it at a very specific time every day, if it doesn't get fed right at that time, sometimes that can really increase your risk of colic um, and that you know nobody wants that <laughs> so um 
you can be slightly lenient, but obviously, if you want to see dinner at 4 o'clock, uh, you don't want to randomly show up at, like, 8 p.m. on a day. Um, but you can say, you know, I see dinner somewhere between 3 and 6, um, if you're pretty consistent. This also depends on how many horses are there, obviously, um, and how hardy your horse is. Obviously, those are other factors to consider. But usually, if you say, you know, I'm going to feed them and be there within some period of time, um, that's fair enough. Also, consider that if it's self-care, you're probably going to want it to be closer to your home than a regular facility. So if you say you only want a full care facility that is 30 minutes away, I would say probably cut that down in half because you're going to have to go out there twice a day, every day. Um, even if you're gonna, you know, maybe you're gonna pay your sister or your boyfriend or a friend to help you out every now and then um, so that, you know, you can fit in some extra things or maybe you want to go on a date, still consider that um, you're taking care of them yourself. So you want it to be closer, a little more accessible, um, you know, just so that you're not driving out an hour to feed your horse and clean the stall and come back and go to work. Um, also consider and be really picky and honest if you are able enough to do self-care. And um, what other owners are there, you know, if you aren't necessarily sure, you know, what do I put on a wound every time or how do I need to act before I make a final decision on something, maybe don't consider self-care. Um, it is, I would say, be lenient in the sense of, you know, if I have a more serious cut, do I know... Like, do I pick Butte versus SMZ versus, you know, XYZ other pills? You know, that is something that, you know, you can call your vet and say, hey, here's the location. I can send you some pictures. Would you be willing to, you know, write me a prescription or come out and look at it? However, you know, vet fees can be pricey, especially if it is considered an emergency fee. Um, these are usually last-minute appointments. Um, but a lot of times, if you just kind of send them some details or um, pictures, they will say, here's what I think you should give them. Uh, if you've established a good enough relationship, sometimes they will just write in a prescription and either ship it to you or ask you to come to the office and pick it up. But, again, always things to consider. Always consider what is in your horse's best interest. You know, sometimes you have to be lenient on what you want and what is better for you simply to give the horse a better option. You know, at the end of the day, you aren't living there. Your animal is. So his needs are more important than your own. As always, do your research. Consider what's best for your horse. And know that at the end of the day, it's always going to be your horse. It's always going to be your decision. Um, it's your, you know, it's your mess at the end of the day if something gets screwed up. Uh, I hate saying that. It sounds kind of um, pushy and kind of, you know, rude. But that is really 
the gist. Um, and I always want to put that disclaimer in there. You know, I'm not professional. I'm not a vet. I'm just sharing the information that I've learned or collected or have researched and just kind of put it out there for some younger or less educated viewers. Thank you for chiming in. Uh, as always, please give us a comment or a voice memo or head on over to our Instagram. It is up and running now. It is at Penny Pinching Pony. Um, you can always leave comments on the page or send us a personal message about uh, hints and tips that you think I might have missed that I should add into the next episode or two so that everyone else can hear them or just your own opinions or you know tell me about your horse we also want to start doing like a few fun facts or random hacks or quick information that you know maybe is not worth making an episode over but that way you still get the information we also do a lot of polls over there you know if you have something that you know you want us to do this topic we do a lot of um, question boxes about what topics you guys want to see next so definitely go over there and check us out on Instagram thank you so much for tuning in guys I know it was a bit of a long one um, but we appreciate your listen. Thank you so much, and have a great weekend, ponies.